what he says. Uh, it, it'll give you pause if you really contemplate and and think. Wow, that uh, that takes in a lot. Anything. Rather have Jesus than your children. Would you trade your children for him? See, that gets real, real quick, doesn't it? Or would you trade your uh, wealth, all of your money, fortune and fame, for him? Now, you know, the Bible says that if, if we don't hate our mother, father, sister, brother, wife, children, yea, and even our own lives also, we're not worthy uh, of the Lord. Of course, I've never felt worthy of the Lord. Uh, no matter what. But when you talk about our love for our wife, our children, our finances, everything that we have, seemingly to be like hate compared to our love for the Lord. It's not that we hate our wives and our husbands and our children, but that in comparison to our love for Christ, that the love that I have for them is like unto, comparatively speaking, to hate. Even even when you put it on that level, brother, that is a a hard song. Amen? Beautiful song. You did a fine job on singing it. But boy, the message, no matter how pretty it sounds, the message is haunting. The message is cutting. The message is deep. Thank you. Thank you for that. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the Gospel of John. And uh, we're going to be looking at chapter 8. There's a lot of ifs in the world. I, I uh, wrote down, we'll copy and paste it. We don't write down anything anymore. But uh, I copied and pasted to the back of my message this morning a poem by Rudyard Kipling. I'm sure that most of you are familiar with Rudyard Kipling. I believe he wrote the uh, story about Ricky Tiki Tavi. I loved that when I was a kid. And uh, the name of this is, is If. Uh, I titled my message this morning, If and Then. And uh, I ran across this This poem, it reads like this, If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, you don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating and yet don't look too good nor walk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Watch the things you've gave your life to broken and stoop and build them back with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all of your winnings and risk it all on one turn of pitch or loss and lose and start again at your beginning and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve you 
uh, your turn long after they're gone. And so hold on when there's nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if, you're, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none really too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance ran, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is even more, you'll be a man. My son, my friend, there are a lot of ifs in this world that we run into on a daily daily aspect of our lives. If this will take place, if I can get this done, if I can go there, if I can achieve this in my life, then, and it's always if, then, and you realize that the same is true with uh, not only our materialistic life, the physical life that we live, the race that we run, here in this world, but the race and the fight that we're running and fighting in the Spirit. It's not all about the flesh. But but the more important life that we live, the more important if and then that we face in our life is the spiritual uh, aspect of it. Uh, We're in John chapter 8. We're going to begin in verse 31 and read through the end of the chapter. Verse 54. The word, so... In John 3.16, you remember John 3.16, best memorized verse in all of the Bible, if God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that little two-letter word there, God so loved the world. Boy, it's unsearchable. The depths of that word so. The same can be said in this chapter about the two-letter little word, if. And we're going to pick out in verses 31 through 54 uh, five different ifs that I want to talk about this morning. They're full of not worldly or physical significance, but they are full of eternal significance in our lives. Uh, It is on these little two-letter words, these five ifs that that you and I swing in and out of fellowship with God. And I want you to realize that every one of us do it. I'm not pointing a finger. I'm not pulling a trigger. I'm not putting any particular person in the crosshairs. If I did that, I would have to turn the gun around and aim it myself. But I believe that this is from God for all of us. It's for me as well as it is for every man, woman, boy, and girl that is under the sound of my voice. And in verse 31 of John chapter 8, it says this, Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on Him. And here's the first if. If you continue in My Word, then. You see the if and the then. That is called a sine qua non in the Latin terminology. And a sine qua non is just uh, something that rests upon a prerequisite. The if is the prerequisite to the then. This has to take place in order for that to be so. And you see here that if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. The opposite of that, if you flip the coin and it lands on the, on the backside of the coin, 
If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. The opposite of that is if you do not continue in my word, then you are indeed not my disciples. So we understand the significance of the word if. That if we do this, then that is true. But if we do not do that, then this will never be a fact in our lives. Most people think that uh, the word disciple, you look at that word again, it says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. Indeed. And the word disciple, most people, uh, when they when they define that word, thinks about just a student. But it's it's really a lot more than us going to school and sitting under a teacher and us become students of whoever it is that's standing behind the table at the school that is teaching us. It's more than just a learning of the physical facts, two plus two. But what that word disciple means really not is just a student of, but a follower of the person that is teaching. And of course, in this case, it says, if you continue in my word, and the word that we're talking about is certainly not the pastor's Certainly not the Sunday school teachers. It's not my ideas or my belief or my interpretation, my understanding. But what we're talking about is truly a disciple of Christ. It is following the person who said the words. I stand behind the pulpit preaching this morning, thus saith the Lord. It's not thus saith Mark Richardson. It's not about your pastor again or any other person on the face of this earth. The only thing that we are saying this morning is if you are not following the Word of God, then you are not His disciples. As a matter of fact, the Bible says this, if the Holy Spirit of God does not live on the inside of you, you are none of His. Now the flip side of that coin is if the Holy Spirit of God is living on the inside of us, then we are all of His, And if we are all of His, then that means our mind, our will, our emotion, our time, our talent, our finances, our wherewithal, everything that we are is committed and dedicated and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Then and only then can I really count myself as a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if you continue in my word, if you follow me, if you obey me, if you study it and hide it in your heart that you might not sin against God. I think that there's so little preaching from behind the pulpits of America today about sin. I believe one of the well, most well-known preachers in America uh, today uh, actually said he doesn't, he doesn't preach against sin. Oh no, he's scared that he'll offend somebody and may turn them away from the church. My friend, you can't turn people away that are already away from Christ. But he's not worried about turning them away from Christ or winning them to Christ. He's worried more about the numbers of people that are sitting on the pews in his church. He don't want to be an offense that may turn somebody aside, not from Christ, but from the church. Uh, Again, you can't turn people away from Christ who are already away from Christ. All you can do is tell them the truth and pray that the Holy Spirit of God will illuminate, regenerate, convict, draw, and save their souls. Now John chapter 10 and verse 27 puts it this way. It says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. 
Now we can categorize ourselves whether we are part of the sheep of God or whether we are part of the goats of the world. One preacher said that we as pastors are called to preach the Word of God to the sheep, not to entertain the goats. And there's a lot of pastors standing behind pulpits today that would rather have music and smoke and mirrors and all of the uh, frivolity of a carnival rather than that of a church and just simply stand flat-footed behind a pulpit and preach the Word of God and let the cards fall where they may. So if you follow my Word, My friend, there's not enough of the Word of God being preached from behind the pulpits today. But if you follow my Word, then are you my disciples indeed. Let's pick up where we left off in verse 32. It says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered Him and said, Oh, we be Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? You know where the world stands today? They don't understand their bondage. Oh, we have freedom. We're we're Americans. We live in the most free nation on the face of the earth. Not only are we Americans and we have the freedom of Americanism, but we have free will. We can do what we want to and God said so. So therefore it's okay. Whatever I choose to do is alright. They answered Him, We be Abraham's seed and have never been in bondage to any man. Do you understand how insane that is for the nation of Israel? These... Pharisees and Sadducees, the people who knew the law, knew their history, that had been under bondage to every nation, Assyria, Egypt, now as this is being written, they're under the bondage of Rome while these words are actually falling out of His mouth. And there are people in this room today, in the church today, all around America, that don't feel like they are under the bondage of anything that they don't have. A master. My friend, if we are if we are saved, hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth's not in him. So we do understand uh, what the word of God is saying about our bondage, that we are only free. If the if the Son of Man sets you free, ye shall be free indeed, the Bible says. So if I am a follower of the Word of God. Then have you been freed from the bondage and yoke of sin. And you are my disciples indeed. You continue reading with me. Look at verse 34. And Jesus answered, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant or the bondservant or the slave, is what that is actually saying, is the slave of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, and we're speaking of the Son of God, it is God's kingdom, God the Father's kingdom. And if we are the children of God, it is only because the only begotten Son of God has set us free. The servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth forever. And if the Son of God, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. These people had no idea that they were lost. Do you know dead people don't know they're dead? Well, at least their physical bodies that are still here on this earth. Oh, their souls. They've got a clue (laughs) when they wake up in torment. Isn't that what the rich man and Lazarus, and the rich man Lazarus died, and Lazarus was carried away to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man lifted up his eyes being in torment? 
cried out to Father Abraham, Send Lazarus over here that he may dip his finger in water. Touch it to my tongue, for I'm in, in, in anguish. I'm in pain. I'm in torment in, in these flames. But that physical body that is laying there, it is dead. And do you realize that lost people are just as dead spiritually as that corpse is physically? They don't know that they're dead, even though uh, they're separated from God. Death is separation. The body separates from the soul or the spirit on the inside. That's physical death. But separation from the entire person, from God, that is spiritual death. And they have no idea that they are physically alive, soulishly active, but spiritually dead. Separated from God. If the Son of Man make you free, you shall be free indeed. So, what we're saying is, is that the if and the then is if the person is abiding in Christ and living in the Word and continuing in it, then are you my disciples indeed. And if the Son of Man sets you free, then and only then do you have genuine freedom. It's not the American government that gives us our freedom. I know that we've been endowed with rights inalienable. Do you know what inalienable? That means that nobody can take them away from you. Why can nobody take them away from you? Because nobody gave them to you other than God. We've been endued with inalienable rights given unto us by our Creator. And that is why we as Americans claim freedom. It is not the freedom of our military might. It is not the freedom of our government in Washington. But it is the freedom of Almighty God that America has turned its back on lately, by the way. That really ensures our freedom as Americans. But my friend, when I by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross bend the knee and bow the head and surrender my heart and my life to everything that He is and the power of the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of me, the bondage of sin is broken. And I am free indeed in Christ. No matter whether I'm locked up out on Highway 15 or I'm just serving as chaplain out on Highway 15, as long as the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of me, all things have passed away and I am indeed truly set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. What is that really, really like to be absolutely free indeed? Most people, of course, again, think of freedom uh, means what what can we do uh, what what we want to do uh, what is stopping me or hindering me or keeping me from fulfilling the lust of the flesh the desires of my heart there's a group of people in the world today that says that if we can just get rid of those christians boy we'd have a utopia here in america we can live like we wanted to. We can be homosexual. Well, they're doing that now anyway because we as Christians really don't stand up and take a stand against much of anything. But if we could just get rid of those Christians or at least contain them inside the walls of the church, then we as the, the real Americans, we, we could live a life and, and do anything that we want to without impedance. Nobody would stand in our way. But my friend, that is not what true freedom is really all about the type of freedom some think that money would bring. That's not true freedom. We see people in, in uh, well, a lot of different aspects of life that are, are so bound. They, they have so much wealth, they don't know what to do with it, and they are so unhappy with their lives. They don't know why. They don't understand why wealth has not brought them the freedom 
of spirit, this freedom of heart that they're looking for. Wealth brings its own bondages, actually, in our lives. When Christ makes you free indeed, we become free from stress, free from worry, free from fear, free from the grave clothes of sin, lust, greed, hatred. All of those things evaporate in our hearts, our homes, our families, our lives when we submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But it is only if the Son of Man shall make you free. Then, the sine qua non, the prerequisite of true freedom is only found in our submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Well, you look at verse 37. It goes on to say this, I know, Jesus Christ said, that you are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath found no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my Father, and you do that, which you have seen with your father. Boy, boy, what a slap in the face to a Jew that was. They said, oh, you're telling us that, that if the Son of Man shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. We be Abraham's seed. We've never been in bondage to any man. And he says, oh, I know that you're Abraham's seed, but if you were truly the seed of Abraham by faith and not by blood. You see, they thought that it was the blood of Abraham flowing through their veins. Some people think the same thing today in the church. Well, my, my daddy's the pastor. <laughs> my, my mama is a Sunday school teacher. I, I was born on the back, back pew of the church. I've been here all my life. Everybody in my family is a Christian. Samson found out that uh, the Lord can depart from you. And I'm not talking about from the Holy Spirit leaving a person. But that the generational thing that, well, my whole family is a Christian, that may be true, but the next generation can be separated and lost and departed from God. We remember even Jesus, when He was a young boy, went to Jerusalem at the Feast of the Passover. And when everybody got through worshiping on the Passover, they loaded up their suburban, they left, they went back across the desert to go home, and they started looking for the young Young boy, the, the child Jesus, 12 years old. They, the Bible says, they supposing Him to have been in the company. In other words, they thought that somebody had Jesus. I don't have Him, but somebody does. Listen, if you don't have Him, it doesn't matter who else does. It is a personal, intimate, love, relationship that you must have with the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, it goes on in verse 38, I speak that which I have seen with my father. Ye do that which you have seen of your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham be our father. Jesus said unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, if ye were Abraham's children, then ye would do the works of Abraham. Do you understand the third if and then is the if of servant. Servanthood. Service to the Lord. If you were Abraham's children, then you would do the works. Do the works. In other words, you would live the life. 
It's easy to talk the talk. It's easy to claim heritage. It's easy to say that I've been born into a family. But what is the evidence of being born into the family? You walk into my house, you look at a a picture on my mantle or on on the wall of my father, Charles Walter Richardson. And uh, thank God that I don't reflect his image in a lot of ways, but I do in my face. And when you look at him, you'll see the resemblance and the image of my father in me. My question is, is do we see the image and the resemblance of our Heavenly Father in our lives here on this earth? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 7 reads like this, They which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. In other words, there's a resemblance between the children of Abraham and Abraham, and you can't see the blood, but you can see the faith. And the faith of Abraham still makes us the children of Abraham when there is a world of Jews around the other side of the world, even here in America, that have no resemblance to Abraham, even though they have the blood flowing through their veins. The only way that we can tell that we are children of God, hereby do we know that we know Him. I mentioned this. Don't you hate it when that happens? Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. It's... uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's all right. The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) But I'll tell you this. Hereby do we know that we know Him. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass anybody. That was embarrassing anyway. I hope I made it lighter. Uh, Hereby do we know that we know Him. If we keep His commandments, He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, doeth not the work, liveth not the life, or not being obedient, then you're not showing the faith of Abraham in your life. By the You can say what you say. A set of lips will say anything. But my friend, the only way that we can know for sure that we have passed from death unto life and that we are the children of Abraham is by the works that we do. James chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18 says this, Even so, faith... If it hath not works, is dead being alone. You understand what that means? That faith is no more than a head knowledge or a belief. You'll miss heaven by about 18 inches. If all you have is a head knowledge of the facts and you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, thou believest that Jesus is the Son of God, thou do as well. But the devil also believes and trembles. And he's not going to go to heaven. Because he will not submit and surrender his life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and do the works meet for repentance. It says again in James 2, 17 and 18, 17 said, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. But 18 says this, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Well, really, really? Show me thy faith without thy works. And I'll show you my faith by my works. You see, the only evidence that we have of being a genuine child of God is by the works that we do, the life that we live. Continuing in verse 40, it says this, But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. He didn't try to kill me. And they say, whoa, wait a minute now, you're, you're only 30 years old. You saw Abraham? Of course, he answered that with before Abraham was, I am. And that word, I am, is a name of God. Moses asked him, who do I tell the nation of Israel sent me? 
And he told them, you, you tell the nation of Israel in Egypt that I am that I am sent you. And here we see Jesus, of course, claiming that name of God. But here it says, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. And they say unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, If, if God were your Father, you would love Me. If God were your Father, then you would love Me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of Myself, but He sent Me. Do you understand the fourth if and then has to do with sonship. They say God is our Father. Well, if God were your Father, then you would love Me. Uh, really, it would be, well, if you love Me, then you would be a child of God. But that's, that's true enough. The only reason that I bent the knee and bowed the head and surrendered my heart and life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is not because I loved Him. It was because He loved me. I, I don't understand why. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things about the Word of God. I, I understand. I, I get it. But why God would set His heart and His affection on me from before the foundation of the world, knowing the sinner that I was going to become, and to still be willing to send His Son to die on a cross for a wretch like me, I don't get it. But now that I understand that He did it, I don't understand why, but I believe that He did. And if I really truly believe that He did, then I'm going to love Him back. Do you understand? I don't do what I do because I want what I want. I don't do what I do so I can get what I feel like I need or deserve. I do what I do because I love who I love. And I love Him because He first loved me. If God were your Father, then you would love me. Love is one of the most misused words in the English language. Did you realize that? Boy, I love French toast. I love chocolate cake. I love my little puppy at the house. And I love all of these things. And in a, in a sense, the phileo, brotherly love, that is something that we are capable of. But the agape love of God... The love, what, what, what did he ask Peter? He says, hey Peter. You know, Peter said, Lord, I, I love you more than all these guys. I, I'll go to the cross with you. I'll die with you. I'm serious. They're, they're not serious. They're going to they're gonna forsake you. But not me. I'll, I'll go to the cross. Jesus said before those rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. He says, I don't know where you got that from. But that ain't true. That's not going to happen. Rooster in the morning crowed, and Peter looked up dead in the face of Jesus Christ, looking at him. And he went out to his boat, and he got in his boat, and he went back to his old life to fishing. How many of us feel defeated and go back to our old lives? And then Jesus comes walking down the side of the bank, and he cries out to him, Hey, hey guys, you got any fish? No, we fished all night, man. We've thrown every bait in the boat. We ain't, we ain't catching nothing. He says, Cast your net on the right side. You'll catch something then. John looked at Peter. Peter looked at John and said, Who in the world is this? Don't you know we are professional fishermen? 
But at his word, they cast their net. They drew the fish in. It almost busted the net. It was so full. John looked at Peter and says, you know who that is? That's Jesus. Peter dove off the boat, swam to the bank, crawled out at the feet of Jesus just to hear the words. Hey, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? I wish I'd stayed on the boat. Well, what, what Jesus really said was this. Peter, do you love me with the love my Father loved you with when He sent me into the world to die for you? Do you agape me? That's the word He used. Do you agape me, Peter? Do you love me with the love God loved you with when He sent me into the world to die for you? And Peter said, I phileo you. I like you a lot. You've got you to dig to find the difference in those words, but it's there. He asked him the second time, do you agape me? Do you love me with the love my Father loved you with when He sent me into the world to die for you? Peter, that's what you told me, that, that you love me more than everybody else. That you would go to the cross to me. And Peter says, Lord, I, I like you a lot. I really, I really like you. Phileo you. And then the third time, Jesus asked him, He says, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you even like me at all? Wow. Give the invitation. Play the hymn. Amen. How, how much deeper, how, how much more conviction could the Holy Spirit bring on a human being? And Peter fell at his feet and said, Lord, You know me better than I know myself. That's not very well. To know me better than I know myself doesn't take much. It certainly doesn't take deity. But I know this that I don't love the Lord the way that I should. And I know this, neither do you. Neither do any of us. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might, with all thy strength. That is the greatest commandment of all. And the greatest sin of all is to not love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and thy might. It is the violation of the greatest commandment. And we're just as guilty as Peter. And yet we go all about our lives not giving it a second thought. Not letting it change our lives or our direction. Not letting it cut us to the quick and bleed us out. You look at what it goes on to say. 42 was, If God were your Father, then you would love Me. For I proceeded and came forth from God. Neither came I of Myself, but... He sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Oh, I know. Even because you cannot hear my word. Faith cometh by hearing, but hearing comes by the word of God. Did you realize that? That faith cometh by hearing. Oh, but how much can a dead man hear? He can't hear anything. Faith cometh by hearing, but hearing comes by the word of God. And it is the word of God that quickens, that regenerates, that wakes up the dead person from their sleep. Spiritual death. The bondage of sin that every lost person is still bound by. The only hope that we have is that Christ will set us free from the yoke and bondage of sin. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. You're of your father the devil. The lust of your father will you do. You're, he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. 
which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear him not, because you are not of God. My friend, we have the if and then of freedom, the if and then of service, the if and then of sonship and love. But here we have the only if, if and then of assurance. How can I know that I know? Again, I, I quoted this verse earlier out of 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3. It says, Hereby we know. Hereby do we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Say that. Hereby do we know that we know. That know that we know. Know that we know. Here do I know in my head that I know Him in my heart. And remember, there's a lot of people going to miss heaven by 18 inches. They have a head knowledge of the facts, but they have no love. They have no heart knowledge of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in their lives. If a man keepeth my words, then shall he never see death. You look at that verse 51. We're going to jump way ahead. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. I can be sure that when my body... Listen, I'm not talking about physical death. It's appointed unto man once to die. I've got an appointment with God and so do you. And I'm not going to skip out on mine. I'm going to show up on time. So will you. But I know this, that if I keep His sayings, if I live the life, then I have the evidence of my salvation and that I am not going to see the second death. If you're born once, you die twice. If you're born twice, you die once. Do you understand that the only way that I can know that I know Him, the only assurance that I have is in the sovereign work of God in my heart that illuminated, regenerated, drew, saved, and dwelt, empowered me to live the life that God has called me to live. And if I am living, not living the life, then I am living a lie. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves. There are a lot of self-deluded church members. Oh, I'm talking not the spiritual church, but the physical church. They've come to a building. They've walked the aisle. They've held a man by the hand. They've said the prayer. They've got their names written down on the roll books of the church. Yet they're lost. They're lost. The only way that we know Him is by absolute surrender. Absolute surrender of our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your love, for Your mercy.
Thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. God, help us not to just believe that we are the sons of God, the children of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Because of what we're born in America. We're born in a Christian family. We've joined a Christian church. God, all of those things will leave us right where it found us. But God, it's only when we understand our sin, our need for a Savior. God, only when we confess and repent and turn away from that sin and by the power of the Holy Spirit live the life that You've called us to live, to be submissive to Your will and Your Word. God, we're not submissive to Your Word. We don't know what Your Word says. God, give us an unction. Give us a hunger. Give us a desire to know what it means to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. We'll praise You for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.